0: I'm Jordan Ferguson,
1: and I'm Kit McKinnon,
0: and you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their phantoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line from Parts Unknown, chilling in the satellite, satellite branch, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon.
1: Caitlin Magic McKinnon.
0: Magic McKinnon. Caitlin? Yeah. Where are you?
1: I am in Port Hope, Ontario, visiting my father.
0: Shouts to Stuart.
1: Yep, to the lovable yet curmudgeonly old Scottish man, who is my father.
0: Well, shouts to Kate for packing the mic in her her very roomy backpack.
1: Well, actually, uh, senior correspondent Chris was very kind enough in that he drove me so I could bundle all my things into the best backpack of all, the car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a backpack on wheels.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. It takes you from place to place. It's
0: a backpack you drive. Friends, this is episode, good lord. This is actually episode 279. Shouts to uh, the homie Kaim Dar for letting me know what happened to episode 278. I said I labeled it wrong. <laughs> That's, That's all. what happened. That's this all. is actually episode 279 of the Geek Down podcast. Although, no, we are on regular numbering now. I was going to say, I was having flashbacks to a pandemic when every episode was 199. <laughs> 36 episode 199 that was one of our better bits y'all should really go back and listen to it where can you listen to it wherever you get your audio content spotify soundcloud google apple or stitcher swing on over there listen to our entire descent into madness through the entire year of 2020 and into Mm -hmm. 2021 and while you're there you can give us a little rate review follow subscribe which will help push the show up the algo helps people find it if they are new new friends and listeners and after you do that no matter what you're doing, wherever you're driving your backpack to, wherever you are, if there's a new episode, you're going to know because it's going to be delivered to you from the back of a rainbow mane alicorn named Philip by your man's
1: Chauncey the Third, Geek Down Internet Elf, or should I say Dr. Chauncey the 3rd
0: He's got a doctorate in engineering, but I mean, still counts.
1: Yeah, I think he's got a doctorate in a couple things. It's been so long now. I think he's just collecting doctorates as he goes about delivering episodes onto our audience.
0: Such a multi-hyphenate. Friends, if you can remember any of Chauncey's many multi-hyphenates that we have forgotten about over the years, because we have probably forgotten most of them, you can let us know over on the social media. It's twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives. And the only place where the show lives. Get up off Twitter. Where I'm just going. Totes viral for my for my old enough tweet. <laughs> Turns out the uh the, the cult of old enough is really bubbling under the surface of social media right now.
1: Um so much so that uh my sister, whom I do not hear a lot from, uh just yelled at me. <laughs> via via text message that if i I am not watching it i have to watch the show old enough
0: listen it is the greatest thing we'll talk a little more about it about it in updates after, what else is there to say after the 20 minutes we spent last week talking about it but there's still a couple things um friends if you would like to support this endeavor financially we always appreciate that you can throw three bucks in the tip jar over at ko-fi.com slash supports numerous things buys us coffees which we always appreciate on those Coffee. On those very cherished yet rare occasions when we are able to be in the same room together or transit costs or things like that. I was listening to an old episode the other day because I was recently reminded of the movie Your Name, which we had talked about way back when. Yes. I went back and mm-hmm. listened to that episode, and that episode was so long ago, it predated caitlin's chair.
1: <gasps>
0: did it really? Oh, it did. That was episode 60, y'all.
1: Oh, I love my chair. That was
0: before we got Caitlyn's chair. We, <laughs> the Patreon money was going for Caitlyn's
1: chair. I had no. No lumbar support. I just <laughs> sat on your bed like a pleb.
0: It wasn't, girl. It wasn't the bed. It was my footstool.
1: <laughs> oh my god! It was. I just remember having no back support. <laughs> you, <were like,
0: laughs> you were like 18 inches shorter than me at the desk. It was.
1: I was like hunched. It was a time. It was friends.
0: It was a time. This is what we did to try and get you your content. There
1: was the bird library times. There was the Caitlin didn't have any lumbar support times. We've
0: been through, there was pre drops. Oh my God, pre drop era. Y'all might hate them now, but trust me, pre drop era Geek Down was
1: boring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not an exciting, (laughs) not an exciting, uh, not a stimulating listening experience to me, anyway. But anyway. Um. So things are, things are going well in Port Hope.
1: Yeah, Had a good it's weekend. going fine. It's it. So people always think I'm crazy when I talk about this, but Hamilton is slightly warmer than Toronto, and Toronto is a hell of a lot warmer than Port Hope. <laughs> I'm like, I I'm like looking at the weather in Hamilton and like this week, it's supposed to be like 18 degrees in Port Hope. It's like eight. Listen, like, oh, fuck.
0: listen, I was out with someone cute this morning. I was out at someone cute's place this morning and like where she lives, it's not as built up not as many tall buildings in, as there mm-hmm. are in Toronto. So despite it saying it was going to be a balmy, you know, 12 degrees or something today, that wind this morning. I took the dog out to take a leak, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is some right." I was like, "Chauncey, right <laughs> like there was lungs. some, there was yes, exactly." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "My man, where are you at? <laughs> stop this, stop this immediately." Well, <laughs> hopefully, oh god, I keep saying it uh, at this point. As long as there's no more snow, that's all I can. That's all I can pray for at this point. Weird ass country that we live in. Um, so because mm-hmm. Caitlin is in uh. Port Hope, and because I was uh, hanging with someone cute this morning. We're recording a little later in the evening than we would normally, um, and your man has got to be up for his usual uh, call time tomorrow. So this is going to be, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on your perspective, a little light and tight. So we're just going just to go straight just on switch. into it. There's only one item of news that I really saw out there, and it's kind of like another facet on the diamond of shit that we've talked about before, that being creator rights. When every time a new character makes their debut in the Marvel Universe, somebody calls up that character's creators and go, how you doing? And they're like, kind of bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of crappy out here, actually. And
0: in this case, it is Joe Casey, the creator of America Chavez, who is debuting in Doctor Strange 2. She is somewhat notable for being Marvel's first uh, Latinx LGBTQIA character. She will be played in the film by Socio Gómez. Shouts to me for looking up how to pronounce your name. Always do the effort, (laughs) y'all. Always make the effort. It's
1: worth it. It's worth it. If I don't pronounce something, it's because I've forgotten. (laughs) But I do try.
0: So, uh, Chavez, as a character, was... She made a bunch of appearances in other books. I knew her from Young Avengers. Um the Kieran Gill and Jamie McKelvey run of young Avengers. She actually debuted before that. She was created by Joe Casey and artist Nick Dragata And I think some miniseries called vengeance or something like that. I don't recall. Um, but the Hollywood reporter spoke to Casey recently as Chavez is scheduled to like make her debut in the, uh, in the Marvel cinematic universe. And while Casey is honest here, he's not bitter. Like he's kind of, it sounds like he gave this interview with the Hollywood reporter to just kind of be like, I can afford to not have this be better. Cause he also like created Ben 10, like, right. He's, <laughs> right. He's fine. Um, but he also like his production company or whatever, whoever he does work with, like had a hand in getting the deal for big hero six done. Cause big hero six started as like a little known Marvel, a Jace comic. Um, And they got made into a Disney movie and he had a hand in that in getting that deal done and saw what they can do. Got a much better deal for those creators than the standard deal might be. Um, said Casey quote, the fact is Marvel owns America Chavez. That's not in dispute on any level, but there are still systemic flaws in the way that creators are neither respected nor rewarded. Uh, THR goes on to say Marvel publishing declined to comment. Noting it does not speak out on individual creator agreements. Um, during his time at Marvel, Casey never signed any paperwork regarding the character, though he understood Marvel owned anything he created there. Several years ago, when Casey learned Marvel intended to include Chavez in the the Doctor Strange sequel, he contacted the publisher to request paperwork that would also cover her previous appearances in animated TV episodes and video games. Marvel sent over a character agreement for him to sign that included a cash offering, which Casey ultimately declined Uh, And his lawyers expressed his dissatisfaction with the offer, though Casey declined to say how much Marvel offered the sums for creator agreements is said to be in the $5,000 range. That's the bullet point from this. (laughs) article. Now, friends, to be fair. I sold comics and made $5,000 and was delighted. Still am still just think about it and how it's just out there. And it's just waiting for me to buy a new laptop or plane ticket Japan or what have you. It's not a small amount of money. However, the Disney Corporation didn't buy my comics. No. A small businessman in Windsor, Ontario did. And my (laughs) comics are not being used to, uh, you know, further support and, you know, move along the entertainment behemoth that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because, you know, if Chavez clicks, her Disney Plus series is coming ASAP. Yeah. So, um, a source on the Marvel side disputes the figure saying they are generally higher. Marvel is not legally obligated to pay creators when their work is adapted. However, it is customary for them to invite creators to movie premieres and give them cash compensation for appearances. Uh, quote, Marvel has paid me nothing for America Chavez, not only for appearing in the Dr. Strange sequel, but in numerous animated TV episodes for the numerous action figures they made of her. For video games she's appeared in, said Casey, and they seem to be fine with that. Unquote.
1: So this is like a
0: follow-up to, we will recall, uh, when Ed Brubaker was on Kevin Smith's podcast in the summer, I think, early summer last year. Um, kind of commenting on how he got more his like actor fee to cameo in The Winter Soldier paid him more money than Marvel gave him for like creating the character yeah. um it ain't good y'all no it ain't good no. just respect no. like if every creator walked out like I get it it's work for hire it's it's you're an independent contractor it's you just want the shot you want to play in the sandbox you want to do whatever but I mean also it just bums me out what bums me out most about work for hire is why do your top tier creators want to stay working with you? Yeah, you know it. It happens. I've talked about this before. Where every few years there's a class. I said before. Also, DC seems to be able to hang on to them better. I don't know why. Um, but Marvel will have a class of writers come in. They get really popular. They make. They do some cool shit, and then they all bounce to go do their creative. Their creator own stuff. They go make their image book.
1: I, I I know exactly this game. You want know what this game is? Mm. This is the I cannot get a raise within my own company. So I'm going to have to leave to get paid what I'm worth. This is the this is the it, it's in a different scale. It's probably a different timeline. It's a different type of industry. But this is sort of like I ongoing issue in almost every every industry every company is that you know we we've said several times we've had parents who either have worked like one or two jobs their entire life they worked for the company you know it, they they loyalty was worth something um you know having low turnover was worth something you wanted to look at the people who are doing a good job who, um, or, you know, who, there was basically like a a social contract with your work where it's like, you do a good job, you stay the course. We will monetarily, um, uh, show you that we appreciate this. That is gone. Those days are absolutely gone. Um, so it's actually better to just, Find another position um, because there's no way you're gonna be making the money you're worth staying in one place. That's what this is. That's what this is. And it's so unfortunate and so upsetting. And also, this is not some tiny company that bought these characters to use. This is a care this is like for them, a hundred thousand dollars is a sneeze, okay. Yeah. Like, it's a drop in the bucket, Um, and that is so frustrating and upsetting, and I'm, I, big sigh, big Caitlin sigh.
0: Um, As per what I said about DC previously, there is a paragraph in here in this article that says, quote, Rival Publisher DC is generally said to compensate creators more when their work is adapted for the screen. As former D.C. president and publisher Paul Levins noted to THR last year of his philosophy, quote, Christian Bale liked looking at Tim Sale's work before he would go out and strike a pose as Batman. I'm not sure how you value that. But when you have a movie that's as successful as Batman Begins or Dark Knight, it says that there's something there, and you should say thank you in some fashion.
1: Exactly. So thank you. Just put some dollar signs on it.
0: <laughs> last... Last couple of works from Casey from the article on this matter, quote, if for me, it's not about the money, it's not even about the respect. I would never expect to be respected by a corporation, says Casey. If I'm in a position where I can afford to not take their insult of an offer and be able to talk about it, maybe the next guy where that kind of money could change their life will get a fair shot of receiving it. Um, he concludes to say, I'm a happy guy. I'm not disgruntled. I'm not bitter because I know this is how it goes. I also know this is how you change things by talking about it.
1: Good for you. I want to give that guy a high five. Good
0: for you. High five, Joe Casey. Well done. Well done, high sir. Five.
1: High five. Here, have a cookie.
0: <laughs> mm, delicious. What cookies are we having? What, co- what cookies are we giving to Joe, Joe, uh, to Joe Casey? Uh, Chocolate chip. Classics never go out of style. Chocolate chip cookie for Joe Casey.
1: Yeah. And for Disney, you guys get almond. Uh, you get, no, sorry. For Disney, you guys get oatmeal raisin. Cause you suck like a meal raisin cookies.
0: Too. You get you get what are those peak friends? What are the ones arrow roots? What are the ones you give kids to teeth on?
1: Arrow yeah.
0: You get arrow roots, Disney. Yeah, that's what
1: digestive. You, you get. get some di- some dry <laughs> digestive biscuits. That's what you get without any tea.
0: That's what I was looking for. Digestive biscuits. <laughs> that is what you get. Well, keeping it moving, Caitlin yeah let's talk about updates what are you watching
1: um just the stuff i warned you about <laughs> so i've continued to watch new girl mm-hmm. um because it is funny i actually forgot how funny it was and i have laughed out loud at things presumably i have seen before but i've forgotten about because it's been a while um did, did
0: Coach show up yet
1: uh, no, no, that's, I think Coach shows back up in season four. That was my favorite bit about, like my it's...
0: favorite bit about New Girl is Damon Wayans Jr. is in the pilot and then got Happy Endings and went to go do that. So Coach was only in one yeah. episode and then comes back after Happy Endings got canceled.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, but we got, we got Winston instead. We did which get is, Winston. You know, he is an amazing, amazing character that deserves more credit than he gets.
0: And never forget, uh, never forget. Um, no. Winston's true love is a cat that bears my last name.
1: <laughs> it's true, Ferguson. Aww. Ferguson, you're nasty. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the entire series is, I'm the one with a cat... No, I have a cat brothel in my bedroom, and I'm the normal one. <laughs> um, good times. Good uh, so, yep. So, And then we are continuing our rewatch of expanse of the expanse um i f- somehow forgot how uh, addicting that show is it's like classic just one more episode <laughs> like i i am so glad we have six seasons because it's i've i guess i forgot how good it was i forgot the attention to detail a hundred percent this is the best sci-fi show on television and will be, I can only imagine, for many, many years to come. And I am frustrated that it did not get more praise. I am glad that they got to stop it at where they had hoped, which was at the end of six seasons. Maybe not exactly like they wanted to, because the sixth season is a shorter season. Um, but they did get to a, a natural resting point in the story. Um and I can only hope that maybe in a couple years. See, this is something I would like them to come back to and sort of, like, relaunch. Um, uh, I don't need any of that other stuff from the 80s and the 70s. I just want The Expanse, more Expanse. Um, so, yeah, that's been fantastic. And I've continued watching um, my The Chelsea Detectives, my new British... Uh, British detective show. I only watched one episode this so week. You, you, I did you don't, not. You don't have many. I don't have many. I didn't just like cram them all into my my face like I wanted to. Um, and that's been about it. I'm still struggling with like our busy time of year. So mostly I just like curl up, try to get through something and end up falling asleep. Oh, only other thing. I have been listening to... Um, one of the Warhammer forty thousand books. Mm-hmm. I think I brought it up before. It's the Saint Celestine book. Um, it's really good. It's um, and listening to it on on tape, as I say, or audio oh, an, as an audio book. What I'm using I'm using classic terms. Hey, if you can use the term mixtape, I can say <laughs> book on tape. Okay. Oh, my God. Wow! It's the old lady librarian version of audiobook. Um, yeah, it's been really good. The voice actress is fantastic. or um, I think that's what you'd call her. or I guess she'd be the narrator um she does different voices for people, which I enjoy. uh and anyways, that's sort of all I've been up to. Not very exciting.
0: I actually have a, uh, a smattering of new new.
1: Oh, this week spattering
0: as, as I was writing them down I was like, "Oh, this is this is first time mention for a lot of these. Um things that we talked about before. The dropout finished this week. Can finally put Elizabeth Holmes behind me <laughs> in full. The fall finally came. We
1: And uh and how was it? Was it delicious?
0: Uh no. Oh. Could have been could have been better. I mean they they tried. Right? The point, like, she's, whatever her issue is, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a mental health professional, whatever her thing is, is, the show doesn't seem prepared to really try to deal with. Um, Okay. It alludes to this moment where, like, at one point, she, like, got a husky puppy and brought it into the office, and it wasn't, like, housebroken. So, it was just urinating and defecating all over the office in the last days. Oh, okay. Um Basically, what ends up happening is the whistleblowers, um, who have tried numerous ways to bring attention to what was happening at Theranos, ultimately snitch to some very boring government body who they can't, like, if their complaint is made, they have to send an inspector. Right. So, the guy goes to the Theranos labs. And they try to do, you know, they try to razzle-dazzle him or do whatever the shit they do for everybody else who comes by. And he's like, no, I just need to see the lab. And I'll just, I'm here for the weekend. And I will see the lab. You can't, he works for the federal government. You can't do anything about it. He goes in there, goes, oh my God, and shuts him down for two years. At which point, that story gets out. You know, the gross mismanagement and everything that was happening there. The report gets out and it's like, it's a wrap for her. And she gets, um, long and short of it was it doesn't go too much into like you know the legal stuff that happened afterwards but the thing with her like IRL case is like whatever she's been found guilty of has more to do with investors and not to do with the people her company hurt right hashtag America Um,
1: because I think it is I think I mean definitely correct us if we're wrong but I'm pretty sure it is fraud
0: it's something to do with wire fraud um, and what The show The show includes this scene where uh, Michaela Watkins, of all people, shouts to her, formerly of SNL, who plays uh, Theranos' legal counsel. Uh, it's not really explained why she's there. She's there just to yell at Elizabeth Holmes.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> who's super excited that she's got a boyfriend now and she's going to Burning Man. And it's the moment where Michaela Watkins is like, do you have any idea of what happened here? <laughs> like, of what you did? And she just does her little bit. Well, the world, the world wasn't ready. Like we just, we didn't, uh, we didn't have the technology, you know, perfected. Uh, she's like, you hurt people. And she's just hollering yeah. that at her. As she tries to run out with this dog. And then she like can't afford an Uber. So she's like, you know, has a screaming fit at a bus stop. Okay. Is that her? Is that a moment where we're going to try to humanize Lizzie Holmes? Uh-uh. <clears throat> no, <laughs> no to that. No. I, d- I didn't. Why did I watch this show? I don't know, but I did. It was fine, I guess. <laughs> I watched the whole goddamn thing, but... <sighs> Six and a half. <laughs> Six and a half on the okay. dropout. Six and a half for the dropout, but I know that's colored by my distaste for the real story. 9.5 right. to Amanda Seyfried. She deserves all the accolades for playing this horrible person, but the horrible person does not get a passing grade. No gold star for you.
1: Good. It's the, it's the way it should be. No
0: gold star for you, Lizzie. Um, other thing that we've talked about before is obviously old enough. The show did not prepare me for the notion that there could be failure, Caitlin. Okay. So when this pair of kids had to go to a shrine or something and get some, like, you know, little small foodstuffs to bring back. And twofold. Didn't prepare me for one that there could be failure. So when this little pair is like running and jogging along, and it's very amusing watching the camera crew try to keep up with them, that's hysterical. The um, <laughs> 50 year old man <laughs> holding steady cams, like, a, Ugh! <laughs> slow down, you little buggers. Um, she falls and smooshes it. And starts screaming, and I'm like, no, 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 just no, she was no. She was okay. Their moms were very close by, and were like, pew, there immediately. Just like, it's fine. Dijabu. We'll rinse them off. It'll be fine. I also wasn't prepared for a young two-year-old, Ow, who... He just had to go up the street. His dad was a sushi chef. He just had to go up the street and deliver. You know, they like fake stained his chef's whites. Because one thing we didn't really mention, I think we may have mentioned it when we talked about it last week, is part of it is to like acclimate kids to, because when, you know, when they hit four, they're walking to school by themselves, right? Like, yeah. So part of them is to get this to ease that, to get them used to doing things on their own. So when it's school time, you got to go to school, right? So to try to make that process easier. Um, And at one point, so Al was super amped to do this for mom, gets the thing from dad, realizes mom ain't coming. He ain't about it no more. Oh, no. Al ain't about it. I don't want to go. There's there's this one scene where, you know, dad's trying to logic with him about I can't open until, you know, I have my clean stuff. So you have to go get it. This Weight of the world sigh that this child gives before <laughs> angrily stomping the ground. I was like, "That's just <laughs> chef's kiss. Chef's kiss to ow." Uh, <laughs> the show. We
1: feel you. We sho- feel you to be old. We understand.
0: The show is delayed, <laughs> right? <laughs> who, who among us? <laughs> so many times, <laughs> so many times in my brain where i'm just internally reacting to something with world weary sigh and stomp um
1: it's stomp fine
0: as as with uh many things twitter can spin a simple thing out to m- many interesting topics my favorite of which is somebody basically commenting like when you watch old enough you realize what life can be like when you don't base your city planning around cars
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Because this also goes into another thing I watch where I just randomly, ooh, Kate, the bug's back. The bug is back. YouTube wants me to watch, you know, Uh like casual videos about people who live in Japan. So some dude's like, let me talk to you about my neighborhood. Let's talk about multi-use zoning. I'm like, yes, talk to me about multi-use zoning. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Talk right in my face. Yeah,
0: right. Give give me all of that. Um, Multi-use zoning is just, you know, an urban planning law where you're like commercial and residential. You can have both. In the same area, right? So this is why you can have a barbershop next to a house, next to a warehouse, and a train can run through the whole thing, and, you know, like, <laughs> that's what gives Japanese neighborhoods their sort of, like, their character in that regard. That's what makes them so, like, right. you know, kind of compelling to look at, is because there's no limits. You won't have a block that's just, these are stores, or these are houses. Everything's just kind of, like, mixed up and funky-free. Um... And, the, the, you know, this tweet is right. You know, kids don't have to worry about getting hit by cars because cars don't really, A, they don't really go down the street. And if they do, they go so slowly that there's never really any danger of them careening <laughs> at a high speed, you know, into a pedestrian. Right. So on and so forth. Staying with Japan, um, let's do anime first. New season is starting when I was very excited to check out. Uh, only one episode is out. It is spy X family. I don't know how it is ultimately going. I don't know how you pronounce that. I don't know if it's just spy family or spy X family or spy times family or whatever. Um, it is basically a story about a secret agent who has to get close to a government official. But the only time this government official ever reveals himself is at school events for his child. Uh huh. So our secret agent has to find a way in there. So he basically has to like assemble a fake family Oh, my God, yes. To try to get the kid into the school so that he then has a reason to go with the kid. However, the kid he ends up just randomly grabbing from an orphanage is uh, an Esper. Um, the wife hasn't shown up yet, but it's basically like, you know, he obviously doesn't know how to do anything. <laughs> it's just, it's you know, it's it's three men and a baby in this episode, but you know, one spy and a an <laughs> six-year-old Esper and she's constantly hearing things he's thinking about you know like i have to you know we have to form a bond uh, so it's believable that the fate of the world depends on it it's like she he needs to know me or the world's in danger and she just puts out i like peanuts (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) so dumb Uh, so dumb uh, this is from our friends with studio who did first season attack on titan cabinary ranking of kings they're co-producing it with Cloverworks. It looks beautiful. Hoshinogen does the closing theme. Oh. It's a straight banger. Um, I it,
1: mean, you had me at, I like peanuts, but like, I might <laughs> actually if, have to check this out.
0: If you need it anymore, we will probably come back to this in a couple weeks when the rule three is uh, is is in the can. Because um, it looks to be, it will be one of the smashes of the season. And the manga is insanely popular as well. Um, so we will get into that. Lastly, we were talking a few weeks ago about um, new shows that were coming and I randomly mentioned that a show called Tokyo Vice was hitting HBO Max Yes, uh, I did not know it was this close to being out because it's out now three episodes sitting on Crave and I have watched them all and this and is, is a, it amazing uh, this is a story about <laughs> is it amazing mm, this is a story about a guy named Jake Adelstein based on a true story this is a guy an American who decided he wanted to be a crime reporter in Japan and he is played by Ansel Elgort so
1: Elgort.
0: <laughs> Elgort.
1: I think he's just going to be my nemesis now because I need one. And his name is fun to say.
0: <laughs> so the first episode is very much through his POV, which is, um, you're kind of like, okay, this is cool, but do I have to be stuck with him? The short answer? No, you don't have to be stuck with him. It branches out into the Yay! other characters. Episode two and three do widen the net quite a bit. Um, it's a gangster Yakuza story and Ken Watanabe plays the cop who ends up kind of helping him uh, along.
1: Ken Watanabe is a cop in my in my brain. If I think of an old like He's... an old like grizzled cop, that is literally who comes to mind. He's Bogart. He gives me
0: such a Bogart vibe in this just oh, like yes. just the weary, you know, seen it all type of type of cop. Yes.
1: Um absolutely. He has there's for some reason he has a hat. He's got to come in from the rain. Is, you know, absolutely old diner, I cigarettes. Mean,
0: yeah, I'll give it, it I'll give it to Elgort whether he knows what those words mean or he just learned that to say them. He's speaking a lot of Japanese in this. Um thankfully it's a level of Japanese that I can understand. <laughs> So there's enough, I, would there's like enough, to know. I can, I'll, I can almost do the dishes while the show was on. Almost, okay. almost. All right. Um, I'll still have to look for some stuff. Although I will say the one thing that took me out of it immediately was you see, they're trying to establish like just how, you know, he's obviously, he's a Japanese, he's an English teacher. That's how everybody goes there to do. Um, You see him just like studying and writing and he's going to the, you know, the entrance exam. Cause you know, you're talking about corporate loyalty earlier, everything in Japan, even the newspaper. There's a written examination. It's not like an interview. You take an exam (laughs) to get in, and then it's like corporate loyalty. You hand, you know, you're lowest on the totem pole. You're handing out drinks to people. Um, You're emptying ashtrays. You're doing all that type of shit, and maybe you can get like 500 words on like a traffic incident or something, you know? Right. Um, He obviously wants more because he's a gaijin and he wants to know. He demands to know how the city works and what's happening underneath. But the first scene, when he first gets to the, uh, they're establishing him as, like, you know, he's so knowledgeable about all this stuff. Look how hard he's working. The first thing he does is call his editor by your first name. (gasps) My G. And she, like, immediately, like, damn near slaps him upside the head and goes, I am your senpai. You will call me Mariyama-san. I
1: even know that. Even you you know,
0: people don't call their wives by their first name sometimes. Like
1: my god
0: like calm down Elgort you should have known better so that jarred me out of it a little bit um but as it branches out as it gets more to the Yakuza stuff um as different characters start to uh, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be Michael Mann has a hand in this I don't know if he's producing or directing some of the episodes um it's it is a HBO hour <laughs> right I watch I watched an episode with someone cute last night we watched the second episode and it was literally like how much time we got left because we were both really tired and it was like that was the last thing we were gonna do we we're gonna watch that episode and then go to bed it was like oh there's only 14 minutes left it was the longest 14 minutes of our lives <laughs> uh... when will these 14 minutes end <laughs> <laughs> not because the show is bad it's just you there's a lot happens it's very dense it's um
1: hmm. I, okay fine but like Okay, that's fair enough. No, I was gonna I was gonna gonna be like, okay, that's fine, but when we talk about something else, we can talk about you know,
0: <laughs> how relatively it, faster it is.
1: Yes. And but you know what? You're right. Sometimes in certain shows when there's a lot going on, a lot of information to get expressed, like you said it's very dense. That's that's fine. Fair and, enough. Hey, I say the same thing about K-dramas. K-dramas yeah. are an hour They are a full. You feel every minute of that hour. And I am okay with that. But it is a commitment. You were committed for an hour.
0: And they've also made choices about, like, I think how it's shot. Like, I think they really want to tamp down the, like, you know, Technicolor glow neon of Tokyo. In a lot of ways, they didn't want to, like, sort of romanticize it that way. So I think there's, like, a blue filter over a lot of it um, to kind of give it, like, a grimier kind of look. like. It, you got to be doing something to make Kabuki Show look like not a glittering playground, <laughs> like to make it look dull. Um, mm-hmm. There's only a couple of shots where you get like the cliched, like glowing neon vibe from Tokyo. Right. Um, otherwise, it's very kind of subdued and washed out a bit. And I'm pretty and I'm certain that's deliberate, but
1: and it's, well, it's the noir thing, right? They probably yeah. there's probably a filter called Scandinavian <laughs> and they just put that on there and you're like, there you are
0: um and some of the characters are you know cliche like listen i've played yakuza games like (laughs) i'm seeing a lot of a lot of kiryu in some of these characters right um Mm -hmm. so yeah good show um but i need to like prepare for it you know i need (laughs) this is not just like oh do i have time to watch tokyo vice no it's going to be like i am now sitting down to watch tokyo vice um oh and one last thing let's end on a happier note uh minx is still rolling along i don't know you keeping up on it
1: No, I've only finished, I had watched episode four and I just haven't had time to like sit and watch and I want to enjoy it.
0: Finale drops this Thursday, I believe. Um, Still super fun hang, still a really good show, still a solid eight, you know, fun hang with people who are enjoyable to hang out with. So on that note, I believe we will uh, take a break here and when we come back, talk about maybe a show with a similar vibe, if a completely different topic. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How it's going. I don't we'll, know. See. we'll find we'll out see. after we'll this break.
1: We, we even like it. Like we don't even know. We definitely didn't talk about it at the end of the last show. <laughs> For fifteen For minutes. For like twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, I
0: wanna see didn't the, happen. Want to sing the NBA theme, but I'm gonna get. I don't want to get sued. So uh, we'll talk about winning time when we come back from this break.
1: Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we have brought each other. But before we get into that, there are some rules. Mm -hmm. First rule is the rule of three. That is if the thing comes in parts, we will read, watch, consume three of those parts. So the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. The second rule, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is the rule that we will not talk about the thing before we are sitting in front of these microphones. Which we flagrantly disregarded last, just week because I tried not keep my mouth
0: totally out the window,
1: out the window. It's like it didn't exist. It was basically just like <laughs> cards on the table. So, but I, I do think this conversation will will still be good. I'll, I'll, I don't know, mock surprise at things, <laughs> you know, gasp, just, just. <laughs> I love that you gave it, like, a southern accent. <laughs> wow, my... Oh, I, yeah, no, my, yeah. my stars and garters. Uh, <laughs> um, the third rule, which is not a rule, it is more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Um, it's hard to spoil this since Hey, it y'all. Is.
0: A basketball team got good. Spoiler alert.
1: Spoiler alert. But, it, you know, if you're one of those people who d- you don't want to know anything, then... As tradition dictates, you need to get the fuck out.
0: Get the fuck out.
1: Go grab yourself a tea, some cookies, maybe a chocolate chip cookie. You can have a chocolate um, chip. You don't
0: need to have a di- digestive. You're not the Disney Corporation. No.
1: no. And you can have tea with it. We won't make you eat it dry. <laughs> We're not monsters. Um, and with all of that, out of the way, let's get into it.
0: Yeah. So like I said, this was, uh, I gave Caitlin the choice. The other week, dicks or basketballs? Dicks were first. I mean, I think we could have predicted that, but basketballs uh, were coming ball se- second. Balls were second. Balls uh, because I watched two things when I was chilling out uh, at Someone Cute's a few weeks ago, and one of which was Minx, which he was already watching, and just on a whim, I fired this up, because it's an era, it's kind of pre-an era I know more about. We have talked previously on the show about uh, Young Jordan's uh, fandom for the late eighties bad boys era of the uh, Detroit Pistons NBA team. And this kind of predates that by about 10 years or so. Um, we've also talked about the last dance when that came on, which is also runs around the same area. And this is the era kind of a little bit before that. So I wanted to check it out and I did, and I was like, Oh my God, this is kind of a good show. Um, better than I expected. So I said, let's, let's talk about that. Maybe there's something we can, we can find to enjoy here. And that is Winning Time, colon, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. This is an American sports drama television series created by Max Bornstein and Jim Hecht for HBO. Based on the book Showtime, Magic, Kareem, Riley, and the Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty of the 1980s by Jeff Perlman. The first season chronicles the 1980s Showtime era of the Los Angeles Lakers basketball team. Featuring notable stars like Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It features an ensemble cast led by John C. Riley, Jason Clark, Gabby Hoffman, Rob Morgan, and Adrian Brody. The series premiered on March 6, 2022 with a pilot episode directed by Adam McKay in April of 2022. Like as we're talking, it was renewed for a second season. Uh, so this is about basically I'll probably get the years a little off. Um, it starts in the 70s, right? Or does it start in the 80s? 80s, probably. It starts
1: in the 70s. It's like right now we're going into like the 70, the 79 or we're 78, and we're going into the 79th season, or basically it's, it's, it's right at the end of the 70s. It's
0: Magic Johnson's rookie season. Um, the first, the pilot sort of predates um, that event with the purchase of the team by the colorful Dr. Jerry Buss. The real estate developer and doctor. I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's a doctor of, but
1: he says it one episode. He's like a doctor of chemical and chemical something, chemical Chem- engineering, chemist. Apparently, yeah.
0: As per I, well, I got a first I gotta line, of, it,
1: but keep talking.
0: The first line of his Wikipedia page: He apparently was a uh, businessman, inventor, investor, chemist, and philanthropist. Excellent. He had a master's in science and a PhD in physical chemistry, which he got at the age of twenty-four.
1: A little smart little physical chemistry. There we go.
0: Smart little cookie that Jerry Bus was. Um, he decides he wants to buy a basketball team, and he wants because he loves basketball. And he wants to he wants to make it special. Wants to make it more exciting. Wants to give it a little razzle dazzle because he loves basketball, and he thinks everyone should love basketball. And at the time, basketball was a little what's the word? Stayed? Little stuff, that's a, that's a little, little stuffy it, a,
1: it seemed like basically it was not it was like america's number three sport um i believe, this I believe it's mentioned thing.
0: i believe it's mentioned that bowling is beating it in the in the ratings in, in, the,
1: in the ratings and the nielsen ratings um what you see is um basically like um this weird i'm this weird sort of fight going on, which is the people who own the teams, which are white men, want it to be for white fa- middle class families. Right. And they don't want to let in, and they, I think they call it this or they mention this, uh, th- this other element, which is people of color, black uh, families, and, uh, and players and teens, and there's like this real pushback against having this be for something other than what we're going to call white middle middle America, right. um, and it's just not in that way competing with other traditional things like baseball and and football.
0: So yes, the first episode involves the sale of the team and sort of the recruitment of Magic Johnson, who is entering the league. At the same time as Larry Bird, Larry Bird gets um, recruited by the Boston Celtics, owned by Red Auerbach, who everything over there personifies the thing Caitlin was talking about, a gentleman's game. We love Larry Bird. What a good, wholesome boy that is versus the flashy uh, Magic Johnson. Um, And just sort of, you know, it's, it's a sports drama, basically, which does a lot of interesting Visual things, um, sometimes, at the bare minimum, it's the use of varying film stocks and perspectives. Sometimes it can be graphics and animation and...
1: Um, I'm, I'm going to say, of any show in recent history, this is the most cinematic.
0: I'd, I'd say that's fair. That's probably fair. And I will also say, as much as we talk about the rule of three, I mean, I'm not the... World's hugest Adam McKay fan, but this was one of the best pilots I've ever seen.
1: A hundred percent. Okay, so I'm just gonna quickly get this out of the way. <laughs> um, this is how I feel about this show. I don't want to do this podcast. I want to go back to watching the show.
0: <laughs> you love, you, you love to see it. You love when that happens.
1: I'm like, fuck Jordan and this podcast.
0: Stupid fucking podcast. I want,
1: to, I want to go watch this show. I want to
0: learn about Hooper Ball.
1: I have never had so many Wikipedia links open <laughs> at one time <laughs> because I'm like, and who's this person? Oh wow, and who's this person? What's this thing?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's, and there are a bunch of like stories and subplots going on. Um, from the. It should be said. I have heard. I have not read any of the pushback myself, but I've heard there is a lot of pushback regarding the historical accuracy. Um, but, uh, leading the charge apparently is why you do Jerry West like that. <laughs> um, Jerry West may not have been as insane a person as he is presented in this show. Um,
1: okay, I'm mean, fair enough th- in the first episode, but as it goes on, he gets much more nuanced. Gets more and more interesting. Yet.
0: Yes, he's, he's just a giant ball of white rage in the in the first episode,
1: <laughs> and it's kind of amazing. And you know what we spoke, and um, I'm pretty sure it was off air. Um, we spoke about the casting that that didn't happen mm. that that a lot of people were surprised about, which was uh,
0: I'm I'm going from memory here, but I believe. Will Ferrell had pitched very hard and campaigned very hard to play Jerry Buss
1: in this. And I think think that would have been a mistake. Really? I think, so you occasionally talk about this thing where when a certain type of actor plays a role, all you can see is that actor. Right. I would have just seen Will Ferrell. Mm -hmm. I would have seen Will Ferrell doing his, like crazy angry thing that he can do and I'm not saying he's a bad actor I just do not think he could carry the nuance um of of that role I could be wrong I could totally be wrong uh, I just feel like the guy who's doing the job is doing it really well
0: also should be said I don't see Johncey Riley in this role John Riley is one of those actors who for whatever reason I don't see John C. Riley in anything like this character that he's playing, Jerry Buss, um, and also, sorry, brief aside, I don't know that I've yeah. ever been more delighted than I was when Sally Field showed up in episode two as uh, Jerry Buss's mother. I was like, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> Sally Field, ma'am, fantastic.
1: Well, I've kind of, I kind of felt not the same way, but like when Adrian Brody showed up <laughs> and I was like, I know this character is definitely going to be playing a bigger role, right. but at the same time, it's kind of amazing to see him as this like kind of loser, at least for the, the first little while. Um, and that's
0: interesting because if you didn't like, like if you don't know who Pat Riley is, if you're just watching this cause you know, it's a fun draw historical drama, um, If you have no idea who Pat Riley is, you're probably like, why is Adrian Brody, why is Oscar winner Adrian Brody playing this character who's only on screen for like two minutes?
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, I'm learning so much about (laughs) late 70s uh, basketball. I'm very excited.
0: So yeah, it also, it has to do with, you know, um, tackling everything from like the players to the style of play. He, you know, bus wants to find a coach who's going to, you know, totally reinvent the way the game is played. Um, because West quits in the second episode, second or third, um, because he doesn't, you know, he's kind of starting to feel that his time is, is done. Um, especially when he sees like, you know, a player, like you have the whole subplot of magic back in Michigan. And, you know, As anyone who is great at anything, not always the most likable person. (laughs) You know?
1: The conversation between him and his ex girlfriend, when he's like, everybody loved me. And she's like, no, they did not. (laughs) And he uses to believe her. I thought that was great.
0: Right. And how that just like rocks him because he thought, of course, everybody loved me. He's like, no, they hated you. (laughs) They talk shit about you every chance they got. Um, and you know, and maybe leans too hard into illustrating Magic's one specific vice that he may have he may have enjoyed throughout his uh career. Mm-hmm. Um as women, y'all. Magic like the ladies. Um Yeah. So you have his whole story and trying to gain the respect of the team. You have Kareem. Oh Kareem. <laughs> oh, Oh, what oh. what a man you are, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I'm not. That's not me being facetious or or disrespectful. You're an incredible man, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar.
1: And uh, that actor is so good.
0: Shouts to him. Yes, this is Solomon Hughes playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, and also Quincy Isaiah uh, playing Magic Johnson, who are both. Yeah, Quincy Isaiah has a radiant smile.
1: I, oh, say, I was just about to say, I that. say that. I, was, like,
0: smile I say that just with like, no hint of. I'm not saying I don't want to make out with him or anything. Just,
1: man's got a beautiful smile. Lights up a room. He does. Like, I also don't want to make out with him because I'm pretty sure he's super young. But <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's weird. But it's he he has wild amounts of charisma, and yes, he has a beautiful smile. Very engaging smile.
0: And there's even the. Um, And not that it has a lot to say about it, but the Gabby Hoffman character presenting, you know, her role or how she has to move through this world as on the executive side um, as a woman. And she deals mostly with the. It's also dealing with like what how are they going to they got to make money, right? They got to make money for all this stuff they want to do. And I don't know if the la forum was the first basketball arena to like book stuff on off days you know but
1: well they know they talked about it they they weren't but they weren't doing it as like consistently like he kept on talking about sorry jerry bus kept on talking about how they needed something like they needed it booked like 365 days mm-hmm. a year like how are they going to do that and how they how they're going to make the venue like cool right because it doesn't have good acoustics so they're not getting bands and or big acts or whatever right. um so yeah so it's yeah it's very interesting
0: There's a, yeah so there's a ton of little little elements um dealing there down to the point i don't know have you watched every episode available
1: no no i'm only i've only finished episode four
0: so I think, ah, they may have only dropped up to five, but there's definitely one in there, one of the later episodes, four or five, is they're leading up to, you know, mid- the season may have started or it's about to start, where um they're looking for, like, you know, cheerleaders. And you see, like, Jerry Buss, like, watching this, like, ballet-type thing, <laughs> he's yelling at this choreographer, and she's like, you told me to finger the finest dancers. And it's like, what? <laughs> the ballerinas, for God's sake. I just want to ask you for sexy, you know? energetic and then you see this like one of them in the corner like trying out you know he's played he throws on like you know bad girl by Donna summer or something and there's this one girl out dark haired woman off to the side who kind of you know, pops a few moves type of thing um, and Buss's daughter goes and finds her later that one dancer and they bring up the caption at one point it's like Paul Abdul first Laker girl and I was like yeah that is her Paul Abdul was infamously Amazing. infamously a Laker girl choreographer before she met Janet Jackson and got a solo career and All that type of thing. Um, Do you prefer the show with extra visual flourishes or more straight ahead?
1: I I don't. I do prefer it because that's the kind of that like I was talking about the cinematic. Like I like I like taking the form, which is in in fact visual and and making it visual making it something you to really engage with visually right um i think that's always a lot of fun i like it, it's a it's a it's a poppy story right like it's the pop version of this historical account and i think that needed to be reflected and i do think they do a good job of that We did talk about off-air last week where we talked about how the first – I loved the first episode. uh, And second and third, there wasn't as much of that. But I did think they – even though they took away some of those visuals, um, they added in a lot of the people talking to the camera, Mm. which I thought was a really nice touch because, again, it took away that, like – they, they did that and they did the, you talked about the change of the film from like, it looks like sort of like it would now versus something shot from the 70s.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and I think the layers of that, um, and they did a couple of other things as well, um, that cre- continues to make it visual and continues this sort of like almost comic book feel to it. Like you're getting this internal dialogue where you wouldn't usually, um, like in a book or a comic book. Or, I just found that really interesting and visual and fun. Um, and I did like the the talking to the camera, not of just one character, but of several characters. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I though I do really enjoy it more. I still thought it kept the same feeling. Um, the same vibe, and I and I, it just works really, really well for for the show.
0: So safe to say, we both really like this show, and we're both going to stick with it. Uh, it's a solid, yeah. solid eight for me. I think
1: it's a nine.
0: Nine. Gotta Issue love was that. A
1: nine. I was I was worried that it was going to like go down in in my estimation because I. I was like, I've only seen one episode, but no, it's continued to be fantastic. I am so excited to like watch the next episode. <laughs> next episode. Um, I and- believe, I
0: believe the next episode for you is the Kareem episode. <gasps> All Kareem, oh my baby. God, I'm so excited. His entire, his entire backstory. Why is he like that way? Why is he so burned out? Why is he so not interested? Why is he so disinterested?
1: Why doesn't he want to do his what? How many, how many miles was the run? Um, 10:30 <laughs> p.m. Like I just, yeah, I'm interested. He's a he's an enigma.
0: One last note I do want to mention before we go. If Caitlin didn't already know this, I'm looking forward to blowing her mind. Caitlin, did you happen to yeah. look up who played Tark the Shark, the UNLV coach? No, Caitlin, that was yeah. Rory Cochran, blah, blah, blah. A.K.A. No, it was not Lucas from Empire no, Records. It was not. <laughs> it was. What? was. (laughs) What? I've been waiting all week to tell her that, y'all. I've been waiting all week. Your beloved Lucas from Empire Records.
1: (laughs) I'm actually just more, like, so stunned and amazed. It's
0: it's a hell of a transformation to go through for essentially a two-episode arc on a show, right? Like... Oh my goodness. She she's googling photos
1: now. <laughs> I am. I still don't recognize him. That's it's hard crazy. to see. Yeah, That's... it's
0: hard to see. I don't know if he gained weight for the role or what, but or if he's just, you know, in his forties like the rest of us. But yeah, that was Chris and Andy mentioned it about, you know, blah blah blah, blah and Rory Cochran coming in, play Tark the Shark. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> no idea. Oh my I had God. no idea. I'm gonna have
1: happened. to like go back. Because this is just so fascinating to me. Yep. Oh my God, I see it now.
0: <laughs> so friends, you can go back onto your HBO Max or your Crave and check that out and let us know what you thought of the show. Are we totally off the mark? Are you like, I don't care about this. I don't know any of these people. I don't think Caitlin knew the story either and she loves it. Maybe you'll love it too. Why don't I think you, l- you will. Why don't you let us know over on Twitter.com slash Let us know how you're enjoying the show. I promise you we'll get back to nerdy weeb shit in a couple of weeks, friends. But you
1: know. This is just nerdy weeb shit of another kind. Bring, we
0: Branch out a little bit, y'all.
1: We, we allow all nerdy weeb shit here. I, I know I love, I would love to just tell a basketball fan that they're actually just a basketball weeb. Listen, like I, I,
0: we have often <laughs> said, we've often, we've said from time, fantasy sports is just D&D. That's all it is. Some of y'all, yeah, some cool. of y'all ain't ready to hear that yet, but you can just think on that for the next two weeks. Because friends, it's Easter this coming weekend, so we will be off. We're going to enjoy our our holiday, couple holidays. I am. Hopefully, Caitlin will get a brief respite from uh, the the onslaught of her work. I'll get a brief respite respite from a uh, optimization over at major Canadian retailer. We're optimizing y'all. Oh no! What does that mean? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Means we're doing stuff. You know, lots of stuff's happening. But
1: it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good.
0: <laughs> it doesn't sound good. So we will be back in uh, two weeks with a new episode for y'all. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll sample some anime. We've never done an anime preview. We've never done a sampling Ooh. of a season. Maybe we'll do that this week, this year. We
1: will. I like that. I maybe like that idea.
0: We will. Well. I got, I got to work figuring out what the hell's on this season y'all uh, so I got to go do that I also need to go to bed because I wake up at 3 30 a.m. every morning hey, hey, hey friends thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week it truly means the world to us happy Easter my name is Jordan Ferguson
1: my name is Caitlin McKinnon the theme song is by Rob Gasser and I hope that you guys have an amazing Easter and that you will join us afterwards for another fantastic episode geek down podcast
0: Not enough Majima. I need a Majima character.
1: Sorry. <laughs> I forgot about the clock. Uh, Sensei! Ohio be <laughs>
0: gozaimasu Kitty! Hey, and sweat! <laughs> this is literally every protagonist running into Sensei's establishing shot of every shonen out <laughs> Oh, that was fantastic! sometimes sometimes, sometimes the tags just write themselves y'all